psychedelic harm reduction sees the individual where it's at. It eliminates the stigma that has been perpetuated in society against substance users and psychedelic users. We have, of course, all the uh, the karma from the 60s to deal with, the drug war. We are having to undo all of that right now. So people in psychedelic support and integration support um, also carry the role of re-education, re-educating the public on dismantling the ideas that were instilled in the drug war and introducing a new way of, of approaching a mindfulness uh, and attunement to working with these sacred substances and very powerful substances and learning how to incorporate their knowledge into the day-to-day. Hi, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Psychedelic Conversations podcast. I have a super special guest today, Shiri Kodasi. She is the pioneer in the psychedelic integration support and creative educator, community builder, and the visionary disruptor. So amazing to have you. Welcome to our show. Thank you for including me in your offering. Appreciate it. Thanks for being here. And Let's begin with what does it mean to be a visionary disruptor before we dive into your story and how you came into the to this work? Yeah, thank you. Uh, so we are uh, obviously living through, uh, as everyone's favorite word, an interesting time on planet Earth right now. And as far as I see it, we are uh, swimming in the crack through two paradigms, uh, an old and outdated paradigm of uh, of social systems that has produced a certain result in our society and certain outcomes that uh, currently in our day and age we are uh, dealing with um, in in um, through mental health illnesses through uh, patriarchy through people not being able to live uh, in sovereignty and in thriving. There's a lot of suffering in the world, and we are at a tipping point where we understand that um, the systems that have gotten us to this place are no longer sustainable for us and are not supporting our true mission in this lifetime uh, or in humanity's survival. So uh, new systems are being ushered in, a new paradigm is being ushered in, and though we are not entirely sure what these uh, this paradigm the, and what systems are needed to create and support this new age and era, uh, we definitely know that the old systems and patterns need to be disrupted. So a visionary's role in this case would be to first understand that we are trapped in a perpetual cycle that is not serving us. And then also uh, cultivate the courage and the methods, innovate methods to provide creative solutions to, to issues that are no longer working for us. 
That's wonderful. Thank you so much. And what brings you to this work? Because I've been following you for a while on social media, and I am aware that you're doing incredible work in the space of psychedelic medicines. And just to give a context to our listeners, because we love listening to our background stories, how you know we end up coming into this space and, and doing this work. So if you could just tell us what brought you here, and then maybe we can take it from there. Yeah, like... You know, like similar to so many other uh, leaders and pioneers in this field and just the people that are uh, creating and ushering in the psychedelic renaissance, which is all psychedelic people, as far as I see it, not just the leaders, scientists, creators, um, we're pretty much all here because uh, we have been positively influenced, impacted by uh, the blessings and the incredible potential of uh, psychedelic substances and theogens, plant medicines, and and want to give back. So I myself got started as a, uh, as uh, what uh, popular culture terms as recreational use of uh, of psychedelics, and um, made my way through and realized along the way that uh, I had no integration support. I didn't even know what integration was at that time. We're talking about uh, 2014, uh, which is about eight years ago, until uh, I began dipping my feet in this field and attending conferences. And that's where I heard the term uh, psychedelic integration uh, voiced out loud, articulated for the first time by Dr. Susanna Bustos from CIIS. And I recall sitting in that um, in that conversation in that her presentation, and immediately knew that this is the field that I would like to contribute to and build in and create in. Again, at that time, there weren't there weren't almost any resources. There was one organization that I knew of, which was which is Erie from the Bay Area, also working in CIIS, and. There was literally no one to model integration after um, at that time. So, you know, being a psyche knot, a psychedelic explorer, uh, that was going through a very messy journey of my own, wrestling with my own demons, trying to gather all the resources I can, trying to uh, provide uh, resources to other people who were going through the same journey. Um, also, you know, not to say that it wasn't at the time also not motivated by ego motives as far as I see it now, because at the time I was so young and like a novice in my, in my consciousness uh, travels and, and I really just wanted to serve and I had no idea what that meant, but I wanted to be a part of the mission. So I did the best I could. I started creating meetups in Los Angeles uh, integration circles, events, classes, was educated, of course, along the way, Was got my master's in psychedelic integration therapy, uh, got uh, certified by being true to you, a bunch of other uh, trainings. I began to do the MDMA-assisted uh, psychotherapy training by MAPS, um, which I never completed for the record, and, and just started working with the people. And lots of trial and error lots of falling on my ass in my face publicly, um, you know, being like a public figure in Los Angeles. At, and at the time, I'm no longer in Los Angeles, but uh, always, you know, this is kind of like the nature of the people who are daring to, you know, to, to do things in a, 
in a new way, inviting people into spaces. So that was definitely a risk I took at the time. And um, just learning a lot through action, you know, and just learning yeah. to to be okay with my mistakes and turn them into uh, hopefully examples to other people in the field to learn from. And so they can also continue the work and continue spreading the message in the community of psychedelic integration. So that's how I got started. And that's how I got to where I am in a nutshell. Mm -hmm. That's, that's lovely. Thank you for sharing. When you say making a lot of mistakes and, you know, learning from those, I think this really resonates with probably a lot of our listeners as well. Um, would you agree that the psychedelic journey and and having taking this this journey on board is just the nature of it is sort of falling and then rising and then falling? Why does it you know why these substances lend themselves into this kind of journey? And um, I know the most of the integration work that we all try to kind of figure out and nail it down is to um, help this journey to maybe flow more naturally and organically. Um, what are your thoughts and observations uh, around the integration? Because this is also very new. Yeah. I understand that this is a very new field. Uh, there aren't many people who's doing this really, um, you know, structured maybe yourself, and there's only a few handful of people. Um, I mean, I hear and I have conversations with people who have no idea. They know the word integration, but they don't know what it is yeah. when it's used in conjunction with psychedelics. So what would be your observations and what would you tell our listeners? All right. So it sounds like a definition of what psychedelic integration is could be helpful right now. Right, yeah. And as you mentioned, there are, you know, this is such a novel field. It's a not relatively novel concept that the, the concept of psychedelic support itself is not new. It's been uh, ingrained in indigenous cultures that have been using entheogens and plant medicines for millennia. For them, it was a natural um, uh, part of the, the, the psycho-spiritual development in shamanism culture because they all sat in community. They sat in circles. They brewed together. They prayed together. Um, and also they, you know, being um, in that particular environment where they were uh, maybe less susceptible to the stressors that we are dealing with here in the Northern Hemisphere, which, you know, naturally we have um, other stressors, other forces at play, other outcomes. We have the entire mental health industry and pharmacopoeia industry, which is non-existent in the jungle. We have different worldviews and different ways of tackling the different issues at hand in communities. So it's just important for me to say that, you know, a lot of people there right now, there are you know, a lot of voices around psychedelic integration also questioning, well, you know, in the jungle, they didn't need psychedelic integration. Well, that is absolutely true because they were already integrated within the community. They had the language for entheogenic and the mystical experience. They have it ingrained in their culture. We do not in the West have that language. We do not uh, make respect for uh, psycho-spiritual development, for the mystical experience, and, and language dictates reality. So right now, we again, as mentioned earlier, we're in that crack between the paradigms where new languages are being encoded into uh, our culture, our psyche. And one of these languages that we are seeing as uh, 
that I see at least as necessary right now is the language of of um, reverence and harm reduction towards the uh, within the in the mystical experience as we are attempting to integrate it into our culture into our northern hemisphere western culture and integration is first and foremost that integration is a methodology which it is completely methodical as far as i see it in my studies and the way i've come to understand it it is um First and foremost, it does serve for the need of harm reduction. Psychedelic harm reduction uh, sees the individual where it's at. It uh, eliminates the stigma that has been perpetuated in society um, against substance users and psychedelic users. We have, of course, all the, uh, the karma from the 60s to deal with, the drug war. We are having to undo all of that right now. So um, people in psychedelic support and integration support um, also carry the role of re-education, re-educating the public, um, on dismantling the ideas that were instilled in the drug war and introducing in, um, a new way of, of approaching a mindfulness uh, and attunement to working with these sacred substances and very powerful substances and learning how to incorporate their knowledge into the day-to-day. -day. Now, the ways that we are, um, like the, the acute ways of how we may be integrating the knowledge, of course, I think it really does depend on, you know, the philosophy of the integration provider. And again, this is all just being made up now as we go, right? It's really important for me to say that there aren't too many resources. There are literally just not even like five books that I know of about psychedelic integration proper that just came out in the last couple of years. Um, I myself have written, um, I have two unpublished books. Hopefully they'll be published sometime soon about integration that I uh, originated an integration philosophy, which I call the psych soul method, uh, which I teach in my integration program, uh, my 12 month integration training program. And, and it is an original method and a protocol that, is, um, that sees both the, the, um, the, the meta of the experience and how it's integrated into culture, as, as well as the, uh, the micro of how it affects the individual in a laser-focused way in, in their psyche. So uh, basically integration is is a multidimensional approach. It's a multidisciplinary approach. It takes into consideration the multidimensionality of the human and spiritual realms. Uh, it is bringing in higher knowledge from, um, from uh, the guides and the elders and all the aids that we have in the ether that want to help us usher in into a new era. And maybe more than anything, you know, it's, uh, there are so many visionaries in this field. And I feel like you know, part of the struggle, and this is where I want to get back to the, the question that you had about um, making mistakes, is that, you know, as visionaries, we are, our mind is always active. It is always in the ether. And we understand that literally everything is possible. Everything. Uh, it's a, it's a limitless type of mindset. And it is, it can be very easy and particularly with the use of entheogens that just like literally even like blast you further than like where your mind, you know, like it's so expansive and it provides even more possibility and ideas and creativity 
But the real challenge is right now, again, is how to architect these visions, these higher visions, which again, they're so possible if we just allow ourselves to, to accept that, um, to architect these visions and reverse engineer them and architect them from the place where we are standing as humans in these meat suits today. And that includes the, our level of energy in the day, the children that we are raising, the jobs that we have to get up to, the taking care of the body, the exercising, the, the foods that we eat, the re relational aspect, all the people that we're on relationships, managing our, our, our mental health, et cetera, and just in infusing those visions into the human experience and the day-to-day -day washing the dishes, carrying the trash, all the little things that have to be done to, to have, um, so we can live a peaceful, organized, um, uh, and su sustainable life. So the key word is on sustainability. And the journey between, again, understanding the possibility and understanding the, the limited, the limited human experience the limitations of the body, the, the, the limitations of energy, which, you know, they, there are energy is unlimited. It's infinite, but it is also limited in the human body. So making amends with that and really learning how to weave those two energies together. So that is the, as far as I think it is the essence of psychedelic integration. I love that. That's so beautiful. I love it. Um, my go-to uh, concept is always how do we bring the unity consciousness into the daily mundane when we're making a cup of tea or yes. cooking or, you know, doing that simple thing that is required as humans. Um, how do we bring all that into the into the mundane and being okay with it? I think the radical acceptance piece has been the big, big part. I think for a lot of us... Um, who's in the psychedelic space, exploring the multidimensional facets and, you know, journeying into a deeper depths of our consciousness. It's always the difficult part coming back and landing in mm. the mundane of, oh my God, I need to take the trash out. Right. So, so that's, that's, um, that's like the, the, the point um, where everything makes sense. And now how do we ground all of this into our mundane lives without losing the focus and losing ourselves in the process? I'm sure you probably have so much to say around one of my most passionate concepts that I talk about lately is how do we not buy into this, um, you know, the Western trends of the high performing and desiring mm. all these goals like being the motivated goal achiever somehow psychedelics tell us to slow down take it easy and there is also a lot of trust piece that you probably talk to as well um this is like probably the most prominent um challenge yeah. in in the communities of psychedelic explorers um they want things to be fast but then there is this paradox of slow down but then there's, uh, I, I'm observing a lot of confusion, especially in the beginning, you said we are going through some crazy, uh, you know, transformational process in these spaces, and we're learning how to express and learn new languages. Mm -hmm. So 
what would you say to that of being a psychedelic explorer, realizing the potential, but then coming back to our limited human experience? Mm-hmm. Um, how do we learn to trust and let go? Probably that would be easier question or, or just a uh, conversation starter. Yeah. Well, the word that comes to mind is sovereignty in that is cultivated through the individuation process that is psychedelic integration. And I'm, I'm really relating to uh, your, your observation, Susan, of how it can be difficult actually to exist within a psychedelic community of visionaries. There is so much energy floating around. Uh, a lot of it is also unsettled energy. A lot of people are on the amplified route of personal growth and, and creating systems. And it can be completely disorienting to exist within that space. Um, you know, people are doing their own thing. There is also practically, there is also, you know, things are moving so fast. There's also a lot of competition. Who's going to get to create what first? How are we also going to create things together to be able to bring together that unity consciousness and exemplify it already right now in the psychedelic community is a question that I've really been asking myself um, recently more than before. Um, because if we are attempting to build bridges into the, you know, the new paradigm on a global scale, then the first thing that needs to happen is we first build bridges within ourselves to our truth. To our, to our grounding and then with others in the community and then to the community and then of course to the global community. So integration can be seen as, you know, first we, as many people get on the path with all these big ideas that are, you know, but and right, rightfully so, all these huge creative ideas that are here to serve and make a positive impact on others. And it's first and foremost, uh, a journey of of individuation. So this term is a is a term that was cultivated by Carl Jung, uh, that a depth psycho- the depth psychology um, uh, pioneer uh, and one of the fathers of um, of uh, of the, the theory of archetypes and in spiritual psychology that. I see as very much relating to psychedelic integration and individuation really says that to, to own more, more and more of yourself, to return to your psychic wholeness, there is going to be a personal dialogue and investigation of your psyche. And then in that journey, you will find that your psyche is actually uh, just one fragment of, of the collective consciousness of the collective unit united psyche it can it is connected like with an umbilical cord to the pool of consciousness that is shared with all beings with all dimensions with all of history with all of its symbols with all of its complexes and there is going to be a uh you know in that in that hero's journey there are going to be times when you're going to be questioning well is this really mine or is this the collective's and is there really a difference between the two or rather how am I contributing to the complexes of the collective as an individual? Uh, where are the boundaries where I am actually able to discern myself and cultivate an awareness that I am a part of the whole, but I am also here as a sovereign being that has 
my own, I have my own soul's code. I have my own message. I have my own genius and it matters just as much in an equal manner to all other messages, medicine, souls, geniuses, creatives that are coexisting in the school of consciousness. And so it begins with a, with a, with a primary investigation of the self. And then by far people, you know, I believe that there is like a return to that unity consciousness through observing that we, you know, we're going to look within ourselves first, and then we will find that we are connected to the greater whole. But the, as far as I see it, the great, one of the greater challenges that we have right now is to, to, to be in that sovereignty, to be in our full power and to keep cultivating that kindness and compassion to all other beings that are coexisting to encourage the diversity, to encourage the wilderness of consciousness, even if we don't understand it. Uh, pluralism comes up a lot, right? And this is um, uh, one of the things that I feel like we do have still a lot of work to do around in, in, in the psychedelic community at large, because we are seeing you know, very prominent voices in the field. It's almost like a replica of um, of the previous system that we are trying to dismantle. We are seeing it in some ways being replicated into uh, the new paradigms through, uh, through the, the medical voices and the science that um, is very important, but it, it feels like it's almost overpowering the field and forgetting the indigenous uh, wisdom. So I feel like there is a lot of work to do in our community around pluralism and, and making room for the different voices and understanding that you know we're maybe all singing different we're singing different tunes but definitely contributing to like the same beautiful harmonious unity consciousness that um that you have described so the sovereignty through kindness and compassion is really what comes up a lot and that's where i feel like the work quote unquote is there for a lot of us right now i love that so much thank you for sharing so rich right now um i'm hearing a lot of um you know, working for our self-awareness, growing in self-awareness, um, the discernment key, um, the, the, the word discernment has came into my vocabulary very recently. Um, I think it's so key, um, along with, you know, the self-awareness, growing in intuition and making those right decisions uh, for ourselves first and then being a good observer of what is happening. I think these are really important um, key aspects right now in the space that I'm observing too. Um, let's move into the, um, I heard you saying in one of your very old podcasts um, <laughs> about the, because uh, I'm hearing a lot of the traditional way of uh, positivity, because the traditional way of working with the medicines for me is like the rainbow you know it's rich there's no um hierarchical it's almost like there's no hierarchy in like oh we do it better than you guys and it's almost if you look at all the tribes they have their own unique genius ways of applying and um application of the medicine and integrating they got the unique communities and all of that and yet in the west we always fight who's going to get the perfect way of integrating or who's going to find that secret or who's going to really find the, the you know 
the masterpiece to, to lead the space, which is probably is the wrong approach from the start. I think honoring the individuals, like you said earlier as well, who have this explosive creativeness, it's there for a reason and it's rich and there's, you know, we need to learn. I think I'm saying we're not separate, I know, but there is, um, unfortunately, there is, I am seeing some separation in the Western use of psychedelics, especially in clinical applications. Um, yes. A lot of the corporate, yeah. you know, the, the corporates, you know, the power mm-hmm. people are coming in, um, but it just kind of takes away the essence of what this is. Uh, would love to hear your, um, you know, observations on that because I did hear you saying that I'm not sure if it's the same right now for you. This was a very old interview. You said ethics sometimes confuse the whole point of the psychedelic use. Mm, wow, you pulled out that quote that I totally forgot about, but it's so timely because the conversation mm-hmm. of ethics is always important. And of course, it's it's coming up even more uh, recently. Um, I believe that, you know, you mentioned that there are a few um, organizations, companies that are attempting to, oh, we both, I think we both said it in, in different ways, but there are a few prominent voices in the field that are attempting to create a new standard in the field of psychedelic therapy in the North as we're, as it is developing right now in the third wave of psychedelic use. And this is such a sensitive topic because standards are so important as we know, because standards and of course, ethics, they are absolutely crucial to protect the safety of individuals and groups and society without standards of care. We are risking that many people will get hurt Uh, And particularly the weaker populations uh, that people that suffer from mental health issues, people that suffer from trauma, people that uh, suffer from uh, from social issues and minorities, and they will be the people that get hurt first because of lack of resources and standards are extremely important. It does seem to me that right now and I, you know, I'm still kind of bathing in this opinion. So, and so I just want to, you know, these podcasts are always like recorded in a moment in time. And I just want to say that, you know, opinions are always fluid. So my, what I'm observing right now, um, I learned recently, for example, that uh, there is a new board being formed called, uh, I believe it's called the um, BCPP board of certified psychedelic practitioners And it is being formed by, I think, the MAPS Public Corporation. I hope I'm getting all the details right. But so there is currently a board of certification being formed for psychedelic practitioners. The first thing I'm noticing is it does seem to be like a replica of the uh, clinical medical model, which, you know, clinicians, doctors, uh, psychotherapists, psychiatrists, there is they have to be board certified to be able to operate within their field. And people who are not certified to support the the, the specific clientele that suffer from these ailments will not be able to support them. So this is a patriarchal colonized system of the mental health, the mental mental health care system that, uh, that I believe is actually highly responsible for getting us 
to the place where we are at, where we are dealing with so many mental health issues because of the, 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 uh, the lack that this, this outdated system has because of their, uh, their disconnection from, from so many other aspects of the human experience because of the reductionist attitude that the medical system, the medical mental health system has. This is why we are here at this current state of, of, uh, of, of mental health deterioration where so many people are in suffering and are relying on, on uh, psychopharm- psychopharmacopoeia and oftentimes and not really succeeding in, in doing so successfully and, and are in a perpetual state of suffering because the system is not able to provide them proper care. So I am seeing that we are currently replicating a very similar system in our psychedelic community. And it could be that there are, you know, other forces at play, other plans. Of course, I'm not aware of them. This is just a newsletter that I got, but this is just my first impression. And I feel like there is um, maybe like an ambivalence that maybe a lot of people are feeling like it. I do feel it is necessary to have a standard. And yet what are we doing jumping into replicating what seems to be older systems? Is there room to explore the space more to, to, uh, to allow time for new ideas and solutions to mature? Are the voices of the people being included or is it the same groups of people, uh, again, replicating a system? Basically, what are we, are we allowing chance for a new paradigm to emerge or are we just kind of copy pasting just because we're out of time, because things are moving so fast? Because Michael Pollan's, uh, you know, documentary was just released because our government just announced that there are fast tracking psychedelics, like things are moving so fast. So um, I think a lot of people are, you know, kind of, and this is a great challenge that we have is how much of the past are we going to rely on just because of, you know, our current limitations and how much room are we going to allow to novel eras and systems and solutions to to root down and again i do believe that you know there is a lot of people are kind of swimming in that in that place and um i do also always believe that everyone is doing the best that they absolutely can and i do believe in pluralism so uh, as long as all voices are included as long as we do you know we can have a board and also make room or create some system for all the underground practitioners that have been practicing this work for 50 years and have so much wisdom, but but will never get licensed. Where is their place in the psychedelic renaissance? Where are the indigenous elders that don't even know what a university is, but have been brewing, like growing, brewing, cultivating the plants that we are uh, exploiting right now in the west where is their room how are we taking care of them where how do we how do we make sure that our relationships to all the different people that again make the renaissance it's not just maps it's not just the scientists it's not just the capitalists it's not just the investors it's the people that have been laying the groundwork for decades and millennia that that and the, and the people that create communities It's the people that create the meetups, that create the integration circles, that create the educational classes, that that volunteer at Zendo, 
that volunteer at the festivals to sit in harm reduction, these are the people that make the Renaissance in some ways a lot more than the leaders who sit at the top and, and create these standards. So as long as all voices are included, I'm all, I'm all good for it. But if there is a, you know, if there is again, that reductionist approach and the replication of, of uh, the colonized systems, that is exactly what needs to be disrupted in my opinion. That's so powerful. Thank you so much for that. Yeah. It resonates very deeply with me as well. Um, this year, especially in the last few months, I've had a lot of time uh, thinking about my own lineage. Um, I'm in the UK, but also I have an indigenous uh, lineage. And I was thinking, oh my God, you know, looking back at my childhood, I did grow up in a home where some of the things were treated with plants, like pine tree or leaves or uh, you know, like incredible stuff that I've seen. And somehow, obviously growing up in a very hustle bustle city life and Western civilized, you know, version of, of this reality, um, kind of like somehow I've forgotten. I've moved away from all of that. And just the remembering of we all have these traditions. We have all of us. There is within each one of us, there is an indigenous tradition. Doesn't matter how high-flying city that we end up living or you know working and you know doing our thing but I always believe that every single one of us carries some of this ancient wisdom within yeah. us and that's why I also love and passionate about bringing the voices in into the new structure of how we will be uh, working and teaching and integrating these medicines so I'm all uh, on, on your side on that one. And especially now with the mental health increasing, it's going to probably, you know, coming from the mental health background myself, starting out as a traditional counseling, um, completely understand and agree with the, the limitations of the traditional way of working with, for example, simple as mental health. It's so limited. Um, it's so narrow. Like I haven't witnessed anybody healing a trauma, a deep wound through the classical traditional way of working, right? Um, there's always something else that needed. And, and currently I'm observing some of the UK communities as well who are moving into the community-centric approach. Even the clinical licensed psychologists we have really good names here doing an amazing work in the psychedelic renaissance space. And I am seeing and observing even those are moving towards the community aspect. Yeah. And um, with that, I would like to hear you talk about the community as being the integration in itself. Yes. That's so key. It's so key. And, you know, I think it's, it's worth mentioning that we need the science, we need the doctors, we need the clinical psychologists, the therapists, they are a vital part of psychedelic support. And I don't believe that, you know, coaches and guides in the underground and the indigenous, you know, every person has a very, I feel is a very specific role to play. 
Um, but I just don't believe that the entire pool of psychedelic support needs to be in the hand of that particular group. So I just really want to clarify that, you know, I think every, every moving piece of the Renaissance, again, plays a key part and we can't do it without the other. Um, but it does feel to me, you know, being a, a depth psychology trained person, I'm literally seeing like if, if our community is a, like a psyche and we are so hyper-focused on that particular, the medical archetype, we need to kind of zoom out and remember that there are many other archetypes in the consciousness pool in our community and they're, and they're all so incredible. And just the awareness and acknowledgement of these archetypes and forces at play is what causes an, 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 an expansion in a psychedelic renaissance. So I just want to clarify that. And back to community. And this is another potent topic. As you see, there are many, I'm kind of like a potent type of person. I'm an, I'm a, an Enneagram 8. I'm a challenger. Um, I recently uh, read on some social media posts another uh, a person in our community state that they believe that um, the, the integration communities, the role of communities versus integration professionals, um, that they actually believe that, that communities can be more traumatizing and do not provide sufficient support to people who need psychedelic integration. Now, I'm an integration professional myself. I know exactly what you know, the role of integration support is and how vital it is and the vital role that it can play in supporting people who uh, are exploring psychedelic states. And that said, if you recall, I, you know, we talked earlier about the integration being first an, an internal journey, and then it, it turns into the, through the transpersonal exploration, we realize that we are a part of the transpersonal. Transpersonal um, means um, beyond the self, outside of the self. So we start within ourselves and then we travel to the transpersonal, to the beyond the self and realize that we are a part of that. And through the interaction with the transpersonal forces, we, we learn more about who we are. We learn more about our role. We understand uh, the importance of uh, and the beautiful, rich uh, energy of, of the natural landscape of consciousness. and. The community is that physical, real-life manifestation of a reality of the collective consciousness. So through the community, this is um, – actually, I want to turn the topic on into another like micro-topic that has a lot to do with psychedelic integration support, which is trauma. So uh, we know that – entheogenic experiences, even if they are used intentionally just for the purpose of recreation, of play, of creativity, they can absolutely induce uh, or reveal and unearth trauma. And, um, and the fact is that actually every person in the world carries trauma in one way or another. If it wasn't, uh, if it wasn't experienced directly, then it was experienced in the family, then it was experienced, they got it intergenerationally or in the lineage or on a communal, communal and social levels. We are all suffering and, and bathing in the pool of trauma on planet earth right now. This is part of the human experience. 
So trauma will highly likely come up in a psychedelic journey in some form or another. The way to heal trauma, as experts say, is through relation is re, is through relational healing. It is through uh, learning how to be in communion with others in an external reality, even if that external reality doesn't feel safe, because typically the you know the response a traumatic response means that the person experienced a certain reality. Um, in, a, in a way that they felt violated, they felt unsafe, and therefore that one response is that they basically create other alternate realities in their psyche to be able to escape the external reality and not commune, commune with that external reality. And that is one way to describe a trauma response. So an external community exists in our earthly reality. So learning how to relate with that community is and that that meeting of the minds that learning how to be vulnerable learning how to socialize hearing our stories and the story of others learning how to story tell who we are and we learn how to be bold and confident learning that everyone is literally walking the same path because you know how if you've ever sat in an integration circle you will usually hear your psychedelic journey described by another person sitting in the room and you can literally piece together your own trip report from just listening to all the other trip reports and it's pretty astounding we just realize that we're all we all visited very similar places um so community basically is the living vehicle through which we live the integrate the psychic integration journey and it is an inseparable part. You can sit, you know, in your room for years, integrate all you want doing your yoga and your meditation in your room alone in the dark. <laughs> of course, I'm saying this tongue in cheek because these are very like important practices. But until you actually get out and connect with the others and learn how to thrive within that organism is a vital part of that, that united organism then I believe that, you know, there's a, there's a missing out on a big opportunity to actually, actually integrate back into your environment. It's a, it's a personal journey that's integrated in a much larger one, you know, and, and that is the multidimensionality of the psyche, the multidimensionality of the universe, the multidimensionality of the human experience. I feel like they are all depicted in, in the community that we create as, um, a psychedelic explorers and that's beautiful beautifully said thank you so much so in some of our circles here over yeah. here in the uk um integration within the community is are probably the the number one the most important thing that we continue to reinforce and exactly for the reasons that you said you know um, I, I make some, sometimes I laugh and we joke about these things as well, that you could do all of these things, sit on the top of a mountain and become this Zen person. However, the trauma and the, the main, the key aspect of integration is the trauma, which is relational, right? We said um, that you need to come back in. You need to come back into that space where there are other bodies 
that's going to help you integrate those, um, you know, early traumas or whatever that you, you know, the person is carrying inside. Finally, they can release and see the others as the mirror continually showing them where the work lies and how to be with them. So one mm-hmm. of my uh, favorite concept is how to be with other bodies, right? Mm-hmm. So that's so key. And just to wrap this part up, um, would you say and agree that psychedelics, doesn't matter how it's been used, whether it's for focus, creativity, recreational, for joy, for play, ultimately they will somehow bring up some trauma whether i I do believe that 100 percent. and again there i want to reiterate that the trauma doesn't necessarily have to be something that you experienced and this is you know something with that i see with clients a lot uh that come you know come in for consultations because they witnessed in their in their uh, psychedelic sessions, some type of trauma unearthing. For example, a very common one is that they may have been, they learned that they were sexually abused by a family member in their youth. And they are in crisis, they're shocked, they're not sure what to do with this insight. Was this even real? Was I, how do I know even what happened? And I always like to reframe it as, you know, first of all, providing more context around the possibility of trauma is that. First of all, we it, it could have happened, but some ways to look at it is that we can look at all the details as symbolic. For example, there was a character there. Is it specifically that person? We don't know. Maybe they were just like stand-in for somebody else. Uh, the age time frame, their location, again, could be all symbolic. It could also be a representation of uh, a story that is living in the family lineage that maybe we've inherited from, you know, our, someone else in our family, like our mother or a grandmother that maybe actually went through this traumatic experience. And we may have overheard it when we were in our youth, heard our story, or even just received that in our, in the psychic lineage. So it could be a traumatic experience that happened to someone else in the family, and we are witnessing it now. And a third option is that it could be trauma that happened in the collective, you know, sometimes we, we go through experiences where, um, you know, we uh, experience, for example, like being a, uh, a person that lived in the concentration camps through Auschwitz. And let's say that we are um, not Jewish. No one in our family is Jewish. We went through the entire uh, devastating event as if it was ours and we are left devastated because we were in so much suffering and pain in the journey. And now we're not sure why it showed. And it could be that we were shown that uh, to be able to develop compassion and also help heal and be able to tell the stories of all the millions of people who perished uh, in that particular event and will never get their stories told. And the way to heal all the trauma that is living in the collective consciousness is through storytelling as we know it. So maybe it has something to do with storytelling about that demographic. So basically, there are many ways to uh, to approach the topic of trauma in psychedelic support. Um, and these are some ways that could actually hopefully will be helpful to some of the listeners to integrate their own trauma experience, to bring more context to the experience. Yeah. Yeah, that's wonderful. And yeah, yeah, this is just so away from the black and white thinking. And it just 
opens up so much more expansive ways of bringing it into our own um, consciousness. Yeah. That's wonderful. Wow. The hour has gone so fast. I could literally keep you here for another hour. Are you hour. kidding me? <laughs> um, this is wonderful. This has been so rich and so in-depth conversation. Thank you so much for making time to speak here with us. And hopefully our listeners are taking so much out of this conversation. Before we let you go, please tell us about your offerings, your projects, and um, some of the places that our listeners can visit and connect with you. Yeah, thank you so much. Uh, so the first resource I want to share, since we spoke so much about community, is uh, the nonprofit organization that I found in Los Angeles called Psychedelia Integration.org. Um, they are doing incredible work. They have multiple online and in-person integration circles, events, and offer acute integration support. Um, very much proud of them. And uh, we also have what we call the integration fund, which provides scholarships for integration support for people from uh, marginalized groups like the BIPOC community and the LGBTQ communities and immigrants. Uh, so please check out that website and support if you can. And that really helps them make an impact and directly do uh, community outreach in the city. Um, so that's the first resource. And then um, my main project in the last three years since the beginning of 2020 is my uh, integration training program. It is called the Psych Soul Play School of Integration and Soulpreneurship. Uh, basically, it's, it is an, a very thorough, comprehensive, uh, it really is an incredible integration program, if I say so myself. I've been developing it for a long time. Uh, it certifies coaches to provide psychedelic support. However, our twist is that, you know, as far as I see it, and maybe you've kind of learned this about me listening to the conversation, is that I see integration ultimately as a tool to a much larger purpose, which is to disrupt the system in a creative way. So what we really do in the school is train uh, our, our students to become creative disruptors, to be free thinkers, to, uh, to increase their ability to go out into the communities and make a difference uh, they actually all, you know, they go through the integration training and then receive uh, business training. But what's really amazing is that they get the blueprint for integration support and they also create around it a new one of a kind niche for integration support that's never existed before, according to their soul's blueprint. So the type of um, medicine that comes out and again, the wild medicine that each of them carry is just incredible. And I'm so proud of them. I think some of my students were actually have been actually been on your podcast in the past. You've interviewed them. Um, so that's my biggest project. And we are opening a, um, a mini program uh, very soon called Decolonizing the Psychedelic Renaissance, where we bust through all the common myths, myths uh, and stories that are, again, have currently creating the psychedelic field that, um, that I feel need to be disrupted. And then we are reopening our uh, one-year integration program uh, right after that in uh, the beginning of 2023. So that is what I'm up to. And 
more than anything, I just like want to put out the message out there that the the current issue that we have right now, I feel at hand, the current mission is to remember to get out there and build the bridges. Again, do your work. Remember that quote unquote, doing the work is not what this is about. Uh, that is also actually a colonized view. You're perfect as you are. You're whole as you are. Um, you are, and we need you at any state. Your imperfect perfections are exactly what we need right now to help usher in the psychedelic infused revival in the new era of consciousness and connect with the others so you can see your beauty in them and come and join us and help make a difference because we need you right now. So thank you so much. That's a beautiful message. Thank you. Thank you, Shiri. So wonderful to be witnessing such a powerful, you know, programs and communities and processes coming together. Yeah. And thank you so much for joining us, everybody. Um, please do get in touch, drop a comment, don't be shy, say hello. You can connect with Shiri and I. We will put all of the details and we'll put all the links for Shiri so you can find her easily. Um, and I'm sure we'll have you back very soon. And we'll be following your projects closely. And uh, thank you again. Bye for now, everyone. Much love. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining us. Psychedelic Conversations podcast is designed to educate, inform and expand awareness. For more information, please head over to psychedelicconversations.com. You can also share with your friends or leave a review so that we can reach more people. You can also join us in our private Facebook group to keep the conversation going. This show is for information purposes only and it is not intended to provide mental health or medical advice. Thanks for listening.